1: Drive show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre, proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Just repeating that the uh, decision has been handed down by the AFL Tribunal and they find Eric Hipwood uh, $2,500 for that uh, incident involving the umpire. Found guilty of careless contact. And fined $2,500 by the tribunal. It means that Hitwood is free to play against Essendon on Sunday. Uh, he was referred straight to the tribunal over that umpire collision incident against the Western Bulldogs on Thursday night. And the Lions forward, uh, as you saw, push on Bulldogs defender Ryan Gardner, sent him crashing into the umpire, Jacob Mollinson. So $2,500 fine. For that. The other thing that's going to be interesting tonight before we uh, talk more tennis is England cricket. And Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow uh, have taken to the Indian attack as England close in on a fourth successive winning run chase under the new Test leadership duo of Captain Ben Stokes and Coach Brendan McCullum. Now, England at stumps and play gets underway shortly a three for 259. At the end of the fourth day, it's a COVID-delayed fifth test. They need just a further 119 runs to reach a target of 378 today, being the final day at Edgbaston, and end this five-match series all square at 2-all. Now, Root is 76 not out. Bairstow, 72 not out. He made 106 in the first innings. He's 3rd 100 in as many tests, and England's first innings total in that first innings was 284. And the duo over at an unbro- unbeaten 150 in 22 overs after coming together at three for 109. So we'll keep a, a bit of an eye on that. That looks like England will win and it'll be a significant run chase. In fact, the largest target ever to be set at the ground there at Edgbaston. Very interesting indeed. All right, so let's go to Rob Casey, who's been involved in the sport of tennis for generations, has coached many, played. Uh, by himself uh, as a singles player and then part of a doubles team and Davis Cup team as well. So I thought I'd ask Rob Casey about what's like now coaching the next generation on the back end of the antics of Nick Kyrgios and whether it's becoming a bit more difficult because kids want to be like uh, Nick Kyrgios going forward. Rob, thanks for joining us on the program. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, nice to hear from you, Rob. So, in the case, let's kick it off straight away. You've coached for many, many years and coached many a young person that's gone on to bigger and better things under your tutelage. And there's been different waves of Australian players. There's been the Leighton Hewitts and now we've got the Nick Kyrgios have had the Bernard Tomic in the middle. And then, of course, you've had the Pat Rafters who have been so good from a public relations point of view for Australian tennis. What about the latest chapter when it comes to Nick Kyrgios? How do you see this? Well, I think
0: there's uh, the volume of criticisms and an attack on Kyrgios, I think, are quite justified. I think when you get um, even McEnroe, I'm hearing today, has come out with the criticism of his behaviour. You've got Pat Cash, Wally Massewa's being demure, as he often is, you know, within the Tennis Australia framework. But you know, the general writings of uh, all the people that I've read are just simply appalled and over this whole saga because there's, there's an aspect here where, you know, what's good for the sport, um, you know, Curious may be saying that he's obviously popular because people come to watch him play, but I don't think they're producing more tennis players. I think people are just coming to see, you know, some sort of freaky show that might be amusing um, and then they're heading off and playing whatever sport they, they were playing anyway. I think... The importance of having role models in tennis, and as you say, Rafter, and certainly in my era, you go back to you know Sedgman, Newcombe, Laver, Rosewell, all of these greats of Australian tennis, going down through Rafter, and even you know Leighton Hewitt, and often the young players, petulant and and a bit angry, and all the rest of it. But you know their strength in their careers and the way they presented themselves always wanted, uh, always produced more tennis players on the court. I doubt that Kyrgios is doing that, um, and I think that perhaps he's doing the opposite and making the sport look um, a little bit stupid at the moment.
1: It's a bit of a circus in many people's eyes. It's an amazing 12 months ago, we were lauding the feats of Ash Barty, of course, winning the uh, ladies singles crown and what she was doing for tennis. Yes. I think the, the
0: contrast is, um, is so sharp. Um, and if she was still playing, whether that would moderate people's interest in Kirios, I'm not sure, but, Um, the contrast is so clear and so defined. I know Barty is a public figure and she's out playing this golf tournament now and Kiros sees himself as producing the same sort of thing that the game is all based on media and the rest of it. But you don't want to lose the culture of the sport and it's very important when I look at um, tennis as as, uh, the sport and the culture in, in tennis versus football, for instance, I'm a bit worried that the culture in tennis is not being supported the same way that... You see football clubs always wear black bands for the, the trainer who may have died. And that sort of culture in the sport is extremely important. They're doing a good job in Western Australia at Tennis West at the moment and trying to redevelop that culture with the Hall of Champions and a few things like that. But I think that's one of the important things that's being missed here with Kiros's behaviour and all the headlines which are all about boorish behaviour and, and you know fights on court and off court and all the rest of it is you're losing uh, the culture of the sport, which is very important in the long term.
1: Now, you've had a lifetime in the great sport of tennis. Have you ever seen a Nick Kyrgios before, anything like it?
0: I actually played Rocky Maguire in Quebec in 1978, and he got defaulted when the referee who had to turn up at every match he played, when he yelled out at the top of his voice, I don't want to play like this anymore, I don't want to play this match, I give up. And the referee walked onto the court and said the match is awarded to me, which caused a fair ruckus in the locker room later. But the situation is that I've seen similar things, not to the extent that Kyrgios does it. McEnroe used that as a tactic and a weapon when he played. Um, And in those days, there was way less uh, officialdom. You didn't have umpires and and, uh, fines and things like that. It It was the beginnings of the sport. But now there are so many rules and regulations, which he seems to be breaking on a regular basis that um you know it's it's beyond the scale how he's behaving at the moment, in my opinion, and even though people think it's great to look at again, I go back to the point about whether it's bringing people to want to play the sport of tennis, and I'm not sure about that,
1: but saying that he can play a good game of tennis, can't he uh, you know
0: pound for pound, peter, I think he's you know arguably the most talented player i have ever seen you've seen Feder and Nadal and the rest of it, but you know just for pure unbridled talent anyone who generally sits on the sidelines and plays when he wants to, can't compete with the best in the world. But he can. His serve, in my opinion, no question, is the best in the world. It's unreadable. It's relaxed. It's loose. He can serve it fast. He can serve it slow in terms of time between serves. And it's just such a weapon. Um, and the rest of his game is very solid too.
1: So, you know, from a tennis perspective, um, you know, it's pure gold. Do you think he's a bully on court because that was the accusation thrown to him by Stefanos Tsitsipas when he beat the Greek just a few days ago?
0: I think the word bully is wrong in his regard because Tsitsipas himself has his own critics in, in terms of the way he conducts himself on a court. So a player of Tsitsipas's class and reputation being a top you know, five player in the world should be able to deal with the Bully, but all the rules and regulations, umpires everywhere and the rest of it. So Bully didn't seem to be the right word um, as far as I was concerned when he did come out with that statement. I understand what he meant, but um, it just didn't seem to be the right word. I'm not quite sure that's the right word. He's a, am not sure how, you, how you'd describe him, but he unsettles an opponent. He disrupts the atmosphere in order to get control of the match. That um, semi-final match, it was very interesting when he played... Um, Nakashima in the fourth set. I'm not sure if you're aware that he tanked that um, last game of the fourth set. And that's been a big talking point. And that means that once he got on top in the fifth set, it it did change the atmosphere of the game. And so those sorts of of, uh, weapons, Agassi did it a bit, and other players have done it a bit. But you have to be very talented to pick your game up after throwing a game like that. And my feeling, I mean, you know, the mugs of us who, who weren't talented like him, who just tried hard see that sort of thing and get really, you know, sort of annoyed because we didn't have the ability to to make those changes in in their performance level. So I think all those things garnished together makes a lot of people in, in the tennis fraternity, you know, sort of turn their nose up at what's happening.
1: Rob, yes, he has confessed that he did tank uh, that game, of course, to get quickly into the fifth set. And in the end, he won in five over the 20-year-old American. Saying that, we know that mentally tennis is a very, very big sport. Uh, If you're tough mentally, you can often win games. If you're weak mentally, regardless of how talented you are, it can let you down. Do you reckon he's using some of these antics to maybe destabilise mentally his opposition?
0: No question about that, Peter. But you know, if Kyrgios has one big problem in his makeup, is his mental toughness isn't there? It's not like Demeneurs. it's not like Blayton Hewitt or even Nadal or the other great players on the circuit. Um, he's mentally fragile, and that's why he's. This is his second quarter final in a ten-year history. So, you know, with his sort of talent, you'd think he should have achieved a lot more than that. So, I think that this will be a test for him. If he can hold it together and do well in this tournament, and. You know, possibly. I mean, he's got the talent to go. You know, more rounds further, and I mean, he's in the quarterfinal now, so there's not that many to go. But you know, whether his mental strength holds up against something going wrong on the court, and/or an umpire deciding and being told by the referees that his behaviour is becoming to a point that it's disrupting the tournament, then the umpires will crack down on him because they did lose control in the last couple of matches without a doubt.
1: Now you've been, as I mentioned, you've spent a lifetime in the sport, Uh, you're very well credentialed and you've coached many a tennis player over the years. When young people see Nick Kyrgios play shots between his legs and, and all the other antics on court, how do you try and suppress that if you think it's not the right way to go for a young pupil? Yeah, and this has been a difficult
0: thing. The 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 20-between-the-legs shot, for me, is just simply ridiculous because if you've got the ability to run and chase a ball and be able to hit it between your legs without turning to the side, you could have easily hit the shot by moving to the side. So I've never really been a great uh, exponent of that or, or feel comfortable about it, but all the kids try it. And, of course... Some, you know, end up tearing muscles as they fall over and the racket jags them in the stomach or whatever else happens. So it's a very difficult thing to do. So all of those sort of antics, those sort of, um, you know, the fist-pumping stuff when, you, you know, you win your first game and you four one down, I think there's a lot of those sort of things that uh, young players pick up. And, of course, they can be productive to a certain extent, but in a lot of cases they're just individual players um, having idiosyncrasies with the way they play. Like Murray started this yelling at the box and a lot of the the players now sort of turn to their box and need support or encouragement from their box all the time. I found that a difficult one to take. But, you know, as you get older, these things become more, you know, it's never sort of the old concept about in the olden days it was better, but you have to keep making the changes with that. Some are positive, but some aren't going to be productive for a young player. So, it is an issue with all young coaches at the moment and I know I've spoken to you know, lots of my my colleagues, and they talk about this about the necessity to try to blend this the modern hard hitting game with the fact that unforced errors tends to lose you matches, so you need to compromise the two. So there's uh, and the powerful serve is important, but if you've got a powerful serve and nothing else, then you're you, you're not going to win matches. So, you know, the modern game has changed so much from you know over the last certainly over the last ten or twenty years with equipment change and the rest of it. So the coaching has to change with it and you know, the talented ones need to be nurtured and directed um, and the less talented ones need to sit back and, you know, work on their their strengths as well.
1: Yeah, interesting. Of course, he's into the quarterfinals. He's playing the young Chilean who overcame uh, Alex Dimonor in five sets, wins that, and then he's into the semis against Rafael Nadal, win that, and then he's in the final. And one wonders if Nick Kyrgios goes all, all the way, how will that shape tennis in Australia, certainly for people like you? Yeah, it's going to be
0: very difficult to argue against what he does if he wins the tournament. Um, uh, that, that that will be an interesting question because <laughs> I have m- many young guys that say to me, oh, look what he did. It's fantastic, and I'm going to try to do that. And I mean, that would be difficult. He's got a... This Christian Garan, he's playing the Chilean player who beat Dimonor. You don't beat Dimonor, especially seeing Dimonor led two sets to love, I think you're aware. Correct. He also had two match points, lost in five. Now, you don't do that without being a very highly credentialed fighter and player of, of, of great um, you know sort of talent and, and uh, perseverance. And of course, Nadal would like to lose to no one, um, let alone Kyrgios in a semi-final. So there's still a bit of work to be done. And part of me says, wouldn't it be great for another Australian to win Wimbledon? And part of me is thinking, as you pose the question is how do I deal with that in my coaching and, and trying to talk to people about it? That will be a difficult thing that uh, I'll have to deal with <laughs> in, in a week's time if it happens. But it would be extremely difficult to try to, uh, to balance the two of those uh, issues. But, um, you know, for one side, what a boost for tennis to have won two Wimbledons or women's last year and a men's this year. That would just been extraordinary a feat that hasn't been done for obviously, for many, many years.
1: It's been an interesting chat, Rob. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for making some time available for us and uh, tell us about the permutations and combinations in relation to the Nick Kyrgios factor from a coaching point of view and your own personal views on him as a player. Thanks for your time and we'll keep in touch. Always a pleasure, Peter. Thank you for the call. Bye. Rob Casey joining us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. Very interesting. I found that chat uh, very enlightening just from a, a coaching perspective. And, of course, Rob's been around a long time, how he perceives the uh, Kyrgios uh, factor and the potential impact if he goes all the way. Uh, the mind boggles, doesn't it? You can join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text line, 0487 736 736. Do you feel Nick Kyrgios can win Wimbledon this year? Things are falling in place for him. Uh, a couple of more hurdles, and then he'll be in the final. If he wins the quarters, the semis against Nadal, that'll be an absolute blockbuster. And then he's probably likely to take on Novak in the final. Gee whiz, wouldn't that be something to watch? Anyway, do you think he can do it? Or give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota Open Line 55. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment here on Drive.